get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That on. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 12 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live again on Wednesday, January 18th, 2017. This is franchise episode number 93 all-time. Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We do welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air, as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just send those tweets to at LGB Radio, and we will read them on the show. And to chat with us live on the air, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the Join Us graphic, which I will post right about now. Let's see. Let's post that there so you can refresh your letsgoblues.com slash radio page and that should be uh, live right now uh, my name is Kurt Price and my co-host Bill Day is also here once again uh, Jeff Ponder may be joining us later on Bill how are you I, I'm here uh, <laughs> I'm here at least the beer is good beer is good and I'm sure the one you have tonight is extra good uh, I, and with that segue, Bill, the official beer of episode 93 is uh, the official beer of episode number Peter Nedved <laughs> Schlafly's Barrel Aged Imperial Stout from the Ibex Cellar. I've, uh, I've seen quite a bit of this, uh, you know, being posted on uh, social media. I've been wanting to get my hands on it. So, you know, I figured uh, I don't work too far from there. Popped in the tap room tonight, picked up a four pack and damn, it's good. Uh, I have a beer this evening as well. And mine is the, it is on Twitter. Um, I posted it. Uh, I, I, we don't, we don't mention that enough. My, my Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. And yours, Bill, is at Billy Blue Note. That is correct. We we don't pimp our uh, our social media presence near enough. Yeah, I, I we should do that a little more for those that for the three or four people that want to <laughs> to follow. Yeah, the three or four people that you know have it, you know, that would be interested in following us that aren't already following us. Right. Exactly. That's where well you, you can find us. Well said. Uh, mine tonight is the uh, chocolate milk stout cocoa kowtow from Urban Chestnut Brewing uh, in uh, I guess it's the Grove in St. Louis. So, uh, you there's just one the Grove. There's one on uh, Washington. Um, okay. Another one not far from uh, my place of employment. So it's very uh, good. I, yeah. I really like. It. I I had it over Christmas uh, for the first time, 
and I'm having it again right now. It's good. I enjoy it. Um, after the after the game of the night, I should have done some shots before this show, before this beer. Could have made the show a little more entertaining. Yeah. So maybe one of these weeks I'll have to do some shots yeah, before the show. We oh, need, yeah. I, I think what I think what we need to do is like a you know I I know some of the 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 bigger mass media hockey podcasts have done um, you know get together and get drunk episodes. I think we need to do that sometime. Figure out figure out the logistics of being in the same place to do a podcast and just get hammered. Well, we we should. We're, uh, this is a nice little segue for the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, uh, which I was going to talk about later. We'll talk about it now. Uh, we could do it there because we, we're going to do a show from there pretty soon. Uh, they, the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, will be opening to the public and serving alcohol tomorrow, Thursday, the nineteenth, uh, three p.m. They will open and be open t- until 1.30 a.m. So you can go there and you can watch the Blues take on the Capitals in his uh, ultimate Blues man cave bar and grill. No food yet, but he opens tomorrow. You can bring your own food. You can have your food delivered, but uh, they will be serving alcohol. So go there and have some uh, beers and uh, go ahead and enjoy the game. Finally. Sports bar and grill minus the grill. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, what baby steps. For, what? Right, right. For the time being, I mean, this has been a long time coming. I'm sure Tom's super excited. We're super excited for him. You know, he's uh, he's sponsored our, I guess, on hiatus trivia uh, contest. So we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, his his place is awesome. Um, you know, if you're uh, in, uh, I guess, central to North County, and uh, Blues games on, definitely pop in there and check it out. It's located at 3133 North Lindbergh Boulevard in Maryland Heights, Missouri. And like I said, 3 p.m. tomorrow they open and they will go until 1.30 a.m. And I assume their hours will be very similar to that every other day of the week. So uh, that, we're excited. Well, And he said that uh, we're going to do our show from there. He said we could do that uh, sometime soon, maybe in a week or two or something. Work out a day and go over there and do a show from there. So we could drink before the show and drink during the show, during the show, shots in the show, and uh, we could do it from there and have a good old time with whoever wants to be there with us. Do it, yeah, during during a game would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, today in Blues history, January eighteenth. Uh, this is uh, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, if you do not follow them on Twitter, please do. It's a good follow. 1985, January 18th. The St. Louis Blues set a team record with six goals in one period. Brian Sutter had the hat trick in the first period versus the Winnipeg Jets in a 6-2 victory. They scored six goals in the first and none the rest of the way. That's really? Kind of, <laughs> yes, yes. Very strange. Huh. I, I recall a game, the, the first 10-goal game I ever witnessed was Blues vs. Jets, and I figured this was going to be it, but I, I guess not. And but then again, you know, six goals, mid-80s, eh, that's yeah, kind of ho-hum. Yeah, I mean, every night there was a 6-5 game in the Smythe yeah. back then. Yeah, kind of like the uh, the last week or two in uh, the current NHL. A lot of yeah. goals have been given up. No, what the hell? 
Uh, January 18th, 1992, Brett Hull scored two goals and had one assist and was named MVP of the 1992 NHL All-Star Game. It was Brett Hull's first two All-Star goals. Hull was awarded a new pickup truck as his uh, MVP prize. So, uh, yeah, he uh, Hull said, uh, keep an eye out for me and my new truck, he said with a flashing smile. Hull soon will be trucking in a new pickup he received as the most valuable player in the National uh, Hockey League All-Star Game. He played on line with Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Hull's uh, two goals included the game winner as the Campbell Conference routed the Wales Conference 10-6 ten- at the Spectrum in the NHL's 43rd All-Star Game. He even had a dandy assist on a goal by the great one. So there you go. And, oh, uh, ninth. Go ahead. I, I don't recall um, that game in particular, but I think didn't they have the uh, partnership with Dodge back then? So it was probably like a Dakota that he got. I'm going to I'm gonna go out and say I will take your word for it. I have uh, no idea. I was trying to find a picture <laughs> of it, but uh, it's... Uh, uh, you can there. you can find a picture of the uh, cow that they gave uh, Gary Unger, was it? <laughs> when he was the <laughs> NHL MVP one year, they gave him a cow, among other things. Hmm. Was a good part. Western Canadian boy, I assume. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. January 18th, 1995. Kelly Chase was claimed by the Hartford Whalers from the St. Louis Blues in the NHL waiver draft after Mike Keenan left Kelly Chase unprotected. Breaking the hearts of thousands of blues fans. Uh, there's a there's an article that the uh, STL Blues History posted uh, tweeted tweeted out, and it uh, basically uh, well yeah it reminds you of I, I remember when it happened, all the fans in the in the airport uh, uh, saying goodbye to Chase as he left and crying and he was crying. And uh, there was a, a survey, some people from the newspaper going around getting a survey from people at the news at the airport about the Rams coming to town. And apparently everybody that was being, or a lot of people that were being interviewed for the survey, they were asking the interviewer, the, the reporter, uh, news on Kelly Chase about uh, what happened with Kelly Chase. He was claimed, oh no, uh, where's he going, all this stuff. And that was passed on to Chase. Uh, the news was on, and he just started crying on the spot. So... I'm like, don't, don't, keep him. Trade back, trade for him back. So. Yeah, well, that was the Mike Keenan era. He, uh, you know, he was not Brian Noonan. He was not Adam Creighton. So he had to go. <laughs> uh, and that is Today in Blues History, January 18th. Uh, sponsored by the at, or brought to you by the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Um, I wanted to, uh, talk about, uh, Mr. Um, Chris Frank and I, Chris Frank from the, uh, blues, uh, hockey podcast, uh, had a little back and forth on Twitter about five Palooza Hosa Palooza. Yeah. Is his Twitter handle had a little back and forth debate, um, on Twitter, uh, about Elliot. It was after a blues loss and, uh, you know, Alan looked bad and, uh, I, I forgot how Al, uh, Elliot came up, but, uh, we went back and forth about that. And, uh, I was on, and if anybody's listening and wants to tweet out their opinion on that about as far as, uh, uh, Elliot and whether or not he was a number one, should have been our number one, 
whether it was him or the defense that got credit for the, you know, for his success here and whatnot. Uh, I, you know, I'll get your feedback too, but uh, that was kind of interesting little back and forth we had. But, uh, I, but I was of the opinion, I, I, I uh, you know, uh, and I, we've said this before on the show that, you know, Elliot during his time here had the best goals against average in the NHL. They were over his five, entire five years here and the best save percentage in the NHL out of all the goalies. Number ones, number twos, all of them. And uh, so that, you know, I, I, my opinion was, what else does a guy have to do to be given the number one job? And he wanted the number one job. They wouldn't give it to him. So he requested a trade and they traded him, which I think Bill and I are on the same page there where I think that we think that was a mistake. Uh, should not have done that. Should have given him the number one. We didn't think Allen was ready for the number one job at the time. Uh, he's not it was kind of obvious right now um he may be by the end of the season he may turn a corner at some point but he has not yet so uh and it's costing us games but that's where you know he was of the opposite opinion he didn't think elliot was ever the number one or wasn't as good as you know what i said he was so well i mean he, he, i know one of the points he made was that he was a uh, system goalie here if we're going to retain the head coach and the system's going to be the same, have an assistant goalie that leads the league in goals against average and wins uh, shutouts or the time frame um, that he was here. I, I would rather anoint him number one, even if you know, in this day and age, unless your name's Carey Price, you know, number one doesn't really matter. If somebody else gets hot, they're going to ride the hot goalie. I mean, Elliot learned that when, when he went to Calgary and, you know, got off to a really slow start. And, you know, I don't blame Elliot for the start that he got off to. Calgary's defense was terrible. They finally figured it out with Chad Johnson and Elliot got back in and he's been doing pretty damn well. But, you know, I, I think it, it's a little bit of a weak argument to say that, you know, we, he was a system goalie. Well, the system should be the same, so keep him here. He was successful. I, I just it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought it was a pretty big gamble, um, you know. And and you know, Armstrong has you know, and the Blues have paid the price for that gamble. And you know, I to at this point, the Blues goaltending is it has to be considered one of the top problems with the team. I mean, we are 24th in uh, goals against per game at 2.98 or something like that. And we are fourth in fourth best as far as shots against go. So we, you know, I brought this point up last week. We, we are actually giving up fewer shots per game this year, but, more goals per game and that just you know Elliot whether or not he was a system goalie it worked while he was here he he and Jake fed off each other um you know much better than Carter Hudden and had a couple of great games out on the west coast he was he was really on top of his game and then they come back home and you know we'll talk about that game in a minute um it didn't turn out so well for him and everybody expects Jake will be back in the pipes tomorrow night but I mean the big change with letting 
granting Elliot his trade request just didn't have to happen. Just tell him you're going to give him, you know, tell him, yeah, you're our number one next year. But, you know, it's it's still 1A and Allen's 1B. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what was in Elliot's trade request. I think, you know, that's only going to be between Armstrong and, and Elliot. Just appease him. Give him that. And, and now, you know, we're we're right now the blues are only you know where they are because nashville and dallas have had such shitty starts yeah and i'm not i was not against necessarily trading him i'm not against trading anybody but it depends what you get in return and what we got for elliot was kind of next to nothing so that's to me if you get if you're not getting something that's going to help your club or improve your club. Who we got? What was it? A third round split? pick and a, and a conditional pick. A third round pick next year and a conditional pick uh, uh, the following season. Okay. It, it's nothing. So it's not been realized yet. Right. It, it, I mean, it could be. It could pan out to be something in a, in a number of years, uh, but it's not going to be something that it's going to help this team at all, um, unless it's moved in a package to acquire somebody else to help us. You know, this year, but. I, 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 if if you're going to acquire something to help this team this year, okay, and make the team better, I get it. We can do it. Gamble with Allen, make the team better elsewhere, whatever. But what they got in return did not. I didn't didn't warrant you know moving him at that. I mean, I think I think a lot of people felt the same way at the time of the trade, and you know, and and like you said, people were were kind of they don't want Elliot back right now because of the way his numbers look, and and I mean, it's a lot has to do with the team he's on. Um, so, I mean, I, I if I could undo that trade, I'd undo that trade. Oh yeah, um, I would. you know, it, one of one of Doug Armstrong's legacies from his days in St. Louis is going to be his on the goaltending front. <clears throat> You know, they they made the move to bring in Yarrow Halak, you know, traded Lars Eller for him. Not a big loss. Eller, you know, has turned out to be a third line center. Um, you know, that I I was really excited being being a Habs fan, watching uh Halak carry Montreal, you know, all the way to the third round, you know, when it was supposed to be Carey Price's emerging year. Um Back in 2010, you know, I was super excited that Halak was coming here. He was looked like a proven playoff goalie and never really got a shot in the playoffs. And so, you know, Elliot comes along, surprises everybody. You know, we've got the good 1A, 1B thing going. And then for, you know, whatever reason, we go out, we trade for Ryan Miller. It's a big gamble. We bring in the big name that, uh, you know, everybody's dead and convinced that he's going to lead us you know, to the promised land. And then, you know, he can't beat the Blackhawks either. We go back to Elliot and, you know, Elliot and Allen, Allen against Minnesota can't stop anything. When it counts, we get bounced. Then, then we go back to Elliot last year. He takes us third round. We won't tell him you're number one and uh, see you later, pal. And here we are, you know, if, if this trend continues, the blues are are going to be a bubble playoff team. You know, we're going to be looking at, you know, can we 
scratch our way into one of the wild card positions. Uh, luckily, there's enough of a buffer that we built up early in the season that we haven't you know, exhausted it yet. Um, I think what we have four or five points still on Nashville with the game in hand, uh, but something's got to change. And the next four games are going to be very difficult. We've got Washington, who's the hottest team in hockey, coming in here tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to count that one as a loss pretty quickly. Um, And then we go on the road. We've got Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, and I forget who else. Um, But We've got uh, Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, and then Minnesota. Minnesota at Minnesota (laughs) at Minnesota. So if we get two points out of the next four, uh, they're likely coming out of Winnipeg. So it's, it's, it seems like, you know, this is, if, if trend continues, if trend continues, we're going to miss the playoffs because we've been falling steadily for a while. I mean, we're, 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 we're only, I mean, well, yeah, four points ahead of uh, Nashville. Yeah, and so you know, you threw this out on Twitter earlier. Uh, you know, as far as if you're Doug, Doug Armstrong, what do you do? And you do, and yeah, you broke up a little bit. You broke up a little bit. Yeah, can you? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So, so what do you do? And uh, you know, fire hitch. Yeah, you know, fire hitch. No, he's not going to fire hitch. I've I've talked about this at like he's not going to fire the guy in his final season. Well. Maybe he will, because you know who knows. Maybe maybe Vegas will convince Hitch to you know to go out there and coach next year. But well, the question is not the question is not what do you think Armstrong would do. The question is what would you do if you were the what would we do? Yes, it's not not a prediction. It's a if you were given the reins, what would you do? Well, if I was given the reins, Hitch would have been fired a long ass time ago. Um, I wouldn't have traded Elliott. I mean, yeah, I I think that you know it and what we're what we're seeing in in the responses are you know get rid of hitch and i i don't know that that solves all you know all the problems but hopefully it would um trade Shattenkirk and get whatever you can for him um i i, I, I think, think the, I, what the the quote whatever you can get for Shattenkirk, i i think that I, I saw some people say that on twitter as well i think that's that it implies that it's not gonna be that much i think i think you're gonna get a nice return for him you should. I mean, you should yeah. be able to get. You should be able to get. I mean, a, if you wanted Bishop, I think they could bring Bishop. I think if you wanted uh, uh, to explore number one centers, you could. You could get a package. You'll get number one center. I think that could. That's that's. You can get, bring in a lot for him. Yeah. I, well, I, granted, I granted, it's a it's a rent. He might be a rental for one team, but if they think they can sign him long term, or they you know work out a contract in the in the in negotiation process, then that would be different because they'd likely give give up more UFA pending stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, likely, likely destinations, you know, I, I, people have talked a lot about how Tampa Bay and Iserman's ready to make something, make a bold move to shake up his locker room because they're just stagnant, you know? So, so, I mean, do you, do you f- swap Shattenkirk for Bishop and then, you know, what risk, uh, well, I, I, I guess you can't call it too much of a risk, but you put you expose Hutton to waivers. You're not going to carry three goalies. No, no. Um, I mean, do you do that? Do you, you know, do you try to see, you know, and this is something I think Bob McKenzie talked about today. Do you try to get him to uh, Edmonton? 
Um, you know, he, he poo pooed the trade last off season that I guess we probably could have got Taylor Hall. Um, but you know, is he willing to at least give it a trial, you know, uh, and, and see if he likes the city and accept a trade there to the season. And, you know, what, what do you think Edmonton would give up in return? You know, is Nugent Hopkins still available, you know, and is that, is that a player we want? You know, or where is it, you know, the Rangers? And then what do we have to bring back from the Rangers in return? Rick Nash? No thanks. <laughs> that was a rumor earlier this season. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that was a lot of the, uh, the, you know, the, you know, especially out of East Coast media outlets was, you know, that that was something that was brewing all summer and never happened. I, I don't like that trade one bit. I mean, Rick, Rick Nash, you know, for, for being such a, you know, a high scoring player over his career is, is extremely overpaid at this point in his career. Uh, some of the responses we got on Twitter for the question, you know, if you're the blues GM, what would you do to fix this team? Uh, you know, to fix this team at all costs was the, was the question. Mr. Ponders joined us. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello. How's it going, gentlemen? Good. I see you're getting to the uh, the great Twitter question that was posed earlier. Yeah, and you had a nice response. Oh, I did. <laughs> I think you did. Was it was oh. it you were an imposter? One of the two. I'm excited to hear what this was. Oh uh, well, <laughs> did you not respond? I thought you did. Maybe you didn't. No, it was me. It was okay. Me. <laughs> so, um, did, you, did you turn over your phone to your nephew? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Fabry's hair tweeted out uh, that he would uh, that he would get in uh, get in his time machine and undo several bad moves before this year, which is kind of what Bill said. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I guess it's kind of hard to explain 140 characters or less, but still. Um, let's see. Uh, King Donut. Our friend King Donut, Tyler says, uh, "Tell Hitch Tyler. he'll, yeah, tell Hitch he'll release the uh, blackmail photos if he doesn't use Paul Stasny as Vladimir Tarasenko's center for a few games straight." So that's that's uh, his response. Uh, you know what I would do? I'm not kidding. You know what? You know what? I, I know I, I gave you a funny response. Not funny. It's partially true. Um, but uh, I I would. This sounds crazy, but this team has underperformed so much. You want to talk about sending a message? Put Yori Laterra on waivers. Oh yeah, that, that was that See was one of the happens. things. That was one of the things I was going to propose. I mean, it's it, I hate I, I've said before as a third line center, Yori Laterra is a fine player. <clears throat> um, but if he gets put on waivers, either one, he gets claimed and bye bye horrible contract, or two, you just send a message to the entire roster. Yeah. I like it. Balls. That move. That move takes balls. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does. It's uh, that is a, a ballsy shrew move. Um, do it. Do it, Dougie. <laughs> Tomas says uh, his response on Twitter was uh, "Skip Town." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Ponder's response was uh, "Quit and give a hand job to anyone." Oh wait, no, no. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> quit. Oh, I misread. Sorry. Quit and no, that was a DM. That was a DM. <laughs> yeah, that, that was if I was Kurt Price for a day. I'm reading my. Oh yeah, I know you have one of mine. That was a good one. Uh, it was a. Uh, his response was quit and hand the job to anyone else. That's what it was. You know what's so, funny is that after I typed that, I thought, man, how many hand job jokes are going to be made on the podcast? <laughs> that's uh, well, at least one. 
Uh, it's obligatory. <laughs> uh, beef noodles says uh, fire myself. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you, you, you sense a theme there? <laughs> uh, Stephen O'Believen, bye bye Hitch. It's the only chance to be a contender with the changes made last season. And uh, Chad Burgess says uh, trade Shattenkirk for something. Can't lose him for nothing, and try and trade a bad contract away. All this stuff. Uh, that that's a very very general vague uh, response. But I think the the uh, the intent there is to <laughs> is to I'm looking for something a little more more specific. But uh, but yeah, trade Shattenkirk for something like we talked about. Uh, okay, Jeff, that was right before you, before you came on. So you you're told. You're told trade Shattenkirk have to move him. Who are you, who are you going to try and get? Oh, that's that's a vague question in itself. Uh, well, I mean, well, I, okay. Who who do you, who would you want to get? I mean, I, who do you, who would you want to improve goaltending? Try and get another one center. Uh, what do you want to do? What, what would, you know, you... man, I I hate to be that guy, and 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 do this because I think a lot of people blew it up for no reason. I don't say no reason. Or a little too animated with the brand Brad Hunt thing, but I would say before Brad Hunt was moved, who would be a very to me a very good seventh defenseman. Some people have him slot in the top four, by the way, which is crazy Ooh, to me. Um, uh, I mean, maybe Vegas maybe he Knights is that guy, things? but maybe he is that guy. But but we didn't know it was such a small sample size. But before you moved Hunt, I would have definitely said forward. Because I think you could move Shattenkirk, slide everyone up a couple notches, and um, you know maybe you see someone. As much as I'm not a huge fan of it, a guy like Bortuzzo and Gunnarsson become everyday players and Hunt your seventh. Um, but without Hunt there, I'm not really sure unless you can land somebody else, a seventh defenseman in a deal with another forward. I would like to see a forward brought in personally. Um, number one center would be. Wonderful, but the problem with getting a number one center, you could get. Let me think of someone off the top of my head, uh, Patrice Bergeron, or uh, man, nobody's coming to mind off the, the top of my head. But you get someone like that, and Yori Laterra will still be your number one center because of Hitchcock. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. it, the, the the answer of getting a number one center for me is not a good one because. Unless you're getting a Sidney Crosby or a Connor McDavid, your Letero is going to be the number one center on this team as long as Hitchcock's coach. So it's kind of a, a moot point. So if that's the case, I'd say probably another depth scoring winger, uh, maybe even a two and a three center. Maybe you go out and get two guys who can shore up your uh, top nine at, in the center position. I don't know because – Outside of Stastny, and honestly, I like Brodziak too. I'm not big on our centers, and uh, I would love, I would love if we could get someone in the number one slot. Stastny is your number two. Latera is your number three, and then Brodziak is your number four. But I, I doubt that. that ever happens. I would love that. Then, then all of a sudden, we're really strong up the middle. Yeah, it was like when they had David Backus. Oh. <laughs> Well, we st- I mean, uh, yeah, when we had him. We still didn't have the number, not number one no, guy. We, no, we didn't. And I, I, I was half joking, but yeah, yeah, it's the center depth has depleted greatly. 
And it it looks even worse when Yuri Laterra is your bona fide number one. Well, you know, and I is Paul Stastny not a number one center at this point? And that is just not being used in that role because Hitch has this idea that you know Tarasenko and Laterra are you know inseparable. I think at this point, if you were to rank all the top thirty. If you were to rank the number one centers from all 30 NHL teams, uh, I think Stastny is probably a more mid to low uh, number one center amongst everybody, comparatively speaking. But Yori Laterra, to me, is a bottom three number one center in the NHL. I was just going to say, he's a, he's a light years better than... than uh... Uh, Laterra. So, I, so given I, given the Blues roster, I would say, yeah, for sure, Paul Stassi is your number one center. But if you can improve that, then I would do it. But obviously, any GM, if they can improve, they'll do it. Right. But but I mean, I mean, the the thing is that Shattenkirk is a guy that's been rumored to be moved for a while, and it's either now or never because you're probably not going to resign him. Do you guys so, really? Do you, let me ask. Do you guys think he will be moved? I do. You do. I based well, on the way based on the way the team is playing, I do. Something's something's going to happen, and we know it's not going to be the uh, transitioning of the coaching staff. I don't. I don't think he's going to be moved. You think they're going to lose him for nothing? I think. I think they sat on him for too long. They should have traded him last year when a team would say, "Hey, you know, we can get him for playoffs and next year before we have to worry about a contract." So I think a team like Edmonton might have been a little man, maybe not Edmonton. But someone uh, in the playoff picture would have been a little more apt to trade for him, even though they knew he wouldn't resign. Uh, now I think you're very limited with the teams that want him, and a team like the Rangers, who is shopping for a number, a top four defenseman. I think they are going to keep lowballing the Blues. I think they know Armstrong's hands are tied. They're not going to give him anything great for him, and I think Armstrong's going to sit on his high horse and say. Well, we got him for playoffs. Let's just go with that. They're going to do it. What happened with Pavel Dimitra? They're going to say, "Well, we can't trade him, so hey, we got him for playoffs, and then he's gone." That'd be sad. Yep. I hope I'm wrong, but I I just don't see it happening. Hey, maybe, maybe it works out. Maybe we go on a run. Maybe he has a stellar playoffs, scores the game winner in Game Seven of the Finals. No, that's leave, Patrick and then, Berglund, and then he leaves. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I am convinced that Patrick Berglund is going to be the guy to score the cup-winning goal on this team. Oh, come on. It's Jay Bomeister. (laughs) (laughs) Only if it's an old goal. Uh, Yeah, true. uh, Art Lippo tweeted out uh, a video, a GIF, I guess, a video uh, from Slapshot in response to the question. uh, Yeah, but Dave's out. Who's going to take his place? (laughs) Is the answer Jesus? Uh, uh, is it today the 75th anniversary of Slapshot? Is it? Or not seven? Wow, not 75th. Uh, I mean, 40th. Wow, 75th. Yeah, it's not that old. I was gonna like, is it? I didn't seem that old. Uh, I think it's the 40th anniversary of, of uh, that movie, which is awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, Anton tweets <laughs> out uh, first determine this is a Stanley Cup winning team this year or in the foreseeable future. Next three ans- next three years. Answer no. Wait, what was the question for that? Uh, no, I'm not sure what the 
What do you do? The answer is no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that uh, response. Maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm misreading what he is typing there. Oh, I'm sorry. There is a a two-parter. Uh, the answer no. Then once this realization is made, cut bait with your bad contracts and get whatever you can for them, prospects and draft picks. I, I yeah, I don't I I I can't even yeah, see anybody wanting a terrorist contract for a, for anything. That's but. that's that's the thing. I mean, you you would have to you'd have to hope somebody picks one of them up on waivers and then what do you do? I mean, the Blues can't afford a buyout. I think the only way Terra's moved is, is he doesn't have a no trade or no movement, right? I have to look up on. I don't believe he does. What surprisingly is it is cap friendly the only thing that's still open right now? Cap friendly is General Fanager gone now too? Yeah. Yep. Because they Uh, are they are the Vegas Knights. Oh, that's right. right. Let me see. uh, Hold on. Uh, Intel numbers might have it. Well, anyway, um, the only way that Laterra to me gets moved is if he does remain exposed, and maybe the Vegas Knights take a chance on him, uh, or um, the Blues agree to hold on to his salary in a trade, which they're not going to do. They can't afford it. Nope. nope. They have never done that. No. Hmm. And what else we got here on Twitter? Uh, hire the creme de la creme of youth scouts and player personnel to develop the new youth movement because we ain't getting any number one centers or elite uh, goaltenders via trade or free agency. I disagree about, with that. How about uh, the Blues go out and get Ben Bishop and Yaroslav Halak and we bring the old band back together? <laughs> I, I actually had that same thought <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> Halak was available for the take it a week ago on waivers, and uh, I, I mean, I, I can imagine a scenario where you know Jake Allen gets hurt tomorrow night, and the Blues have to make an emergency move, and you know uh, the Islanders are about to blow everything up. You know they fired Capuano, and you know they're they're going to do whatever they can to to show Tavares that uh, they're going to they're going to build around him yet again. And uh, yeah, so we could probably get Halak uh, for his contract, uh, but then at the deadline, you know, Halak gets injured, and uh, we bring in uh, Ben Bishop <laughs> or Brian Elliott. And uh, I don't think Calgary's uh, gonna get a part ways after the first year. Um, I you know, I I'll be honest, if if that does happen, Allen gets hurt, and the Blues go out and get Halak, I'm fine with that. Because I've always been a Hawk supporter, I, I, I think uh, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people make him out to be. But the issue is, I don't want the Blues to take on that contract. Yeah. If if the Islanders hold on to some of that money, okay, maybe then maybe you can move him again once you solidify your goaltending. But um, yeah, not not for that price tag. What's he What's he making? Let me see here. Four point two. Let me see here. Maybe. Eight. That's what the question making, mark. Uh, Four point seven five. Oh. And, and next year he's making five. Ooh, that's Yori Latera money. That's Halak. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, Halak. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That I was gonna say that sounded exactly like the Latera contract, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, okay. That's uh, well. Thank you for the responses, uh, Twitter folks. Uh, oh, uh, 
Shattenkirk, uh, Stephen O'Bleven says, uh, Shattenkirk might be better moved to the deadline to a playoff team. Better for him and us, question mark. And there was a, there was a response to that. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. I mean, no. <laughs> By Tasha R. Did not like that response. So she doesn't want she doesn't want Shattenkirk moved. Is that what she's saying? Yeah, I, I guess I suppose. Or uh, maybe the idea that we'll miss the playoffs too. I don't know. That's completely conceivable. Oh, the yeah, Blues are yeah. lucky. The Central Division struggling because, yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's why I think a move is gonna be made with Shattenkirk. I I think they want to do something. Yeah. You look at some. I, I you, mean, you look at like the Predators if they can go on a a, a strong winning streak after the All Star break, which is completely conceivable. All of a sudden, the Blues are out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Well, they got they got a game in hand on us, and we're four points up on them. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. No, I thought we had the game in hand on them. Uh, I mean, we've got forty-five. Uh, games oh, Bill, what do you know? Uh, they have forty-four games played. We have forty-five. Ah, so I guess I'm smoking Jesus. the hash again. Again, Sheesh. All right. Um. So, hey, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, Jeff, <laughs> uh, did you, uh, we talked about the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill opening tomorrow. You've heard that, yes? I did. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock. They're open. 3 o'clock. I'm leaving work. I'm, I'm skipping out. I'm going to put a <laughs> dummy in my place. Oh, that would be, uh, we, can we do that with uh, our, uh, with uh, uh, Laterra? <laughs> oh, no. I thought they already did. That's the way he's been playing. That's great. That's uh, exciting. Um, I won't be able to make it out there tomorrow, but maybe I'll uh, try to find my way out there this weekend. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I, I can't make it either. I got. I got my kids tomorrow night, so I, I can. I in the next week, hopefully, I can make it out there sometime. Or uh, and I think uh, he talked about us doing the show out there. So maybe oh, we'll do a show, a show. next week. Maybe we'll, we'll do a show during a game out there. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be fun. In between periods or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So we'll 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 make something happen. Uh, but we uh, we briefly touched on Brad Hunt being waived by the Blues and picked up by Nashville, uh, which Jeff uh, kind of mentioned. So uh, oh, and, I, was, I was figuring you guys already talked about it. No, uh, Nashville uh, no. Uh, they had some injuries with the uh, with Yossi Hurt and Subban on the IR. So uh, I assume a temporary fill in there until they return. But uh, serviceable yeah. guy here, like seventh defenseman, and uh, wishing well. Well, I mean, he goes back on waivers. Who knows? Maybe we get him back. I'll say the the only issue I had with with all of that um, was I think that was a completely avoidable move. Um, I think the Blues wanted to keep him, um, Blues and and the Wolves, because uh, he was tearing it up in the AHL. Leading um, scorer, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think that was an avoidable situation. So um, for those who don't know, uh, the reason he was put on waivers was that he was with the NHL club for thirty days. Once you're with the club for 30 days, you have to clear waivers to go back down. And um, so he uh, he was at the club, I believe it was 37 or 38 days. Now, teams have avoided this in the past. And what they do is, on their 29th day, they will report that the player has been sent back down to the AHL. And then the next day or two days later or however long, there's I think there's a period there where they have to stay with that club they'll call that player back up. Um, and maybe in the meantime, they call up another player from their AHL team. So he was called up on December 7th. The Blues played on January – no, I'm sorry, December 8th. The Blues played on January 7th, and he played in that game. 
what they should have done, and again, I'm I'm not a GM, but this is just an observer's view. They should have sent him down after the game on the seventh, and then brought up someone else. I don't know if they had a game on the eighth or the ninth, um, and then sent him, brought him back up, and that that restarts the clock on the thirty days. Um, I thought that was just poor management, personally. Um, I think that you know. I don't think there's any reason why they want to lose him. I think they just sent him down because obviously their players are coming back from injury. So I think that was a completely avoidable mistake. And um, I don't know if you pin that one on Armstrong or uh, maybe the people under him not informing him of the rules. Well, I mean, has the front office situation improved where they actually have paid people besides Armstrong? (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, not look that way. Was, wasn't, wasn't that always the knock that you know that it's like you know they have Doug Armstrong, Al McKinnis, Marty Berdur, and then a bunch of interns. That's so, pretty much it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I think ultimately, you know, Armstrong's the GM. That's that's on him. You know, I, do you know what? A, I mean, you do make a good point. He this was avoidable. And uh, why not avoid it? But you know, do you know what his cap hit was this year? Oh, it was low. I know that was, was it like seven hundred fifty thousand? His cap hit was two hundred seventy-seven thousand. His Jesus. salary, his salary is six hundred thousand. I don't know. Maybe Dougie is trying to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was wanting to look up their uh, their schedule here and, and figure out exactly. So they. They, he did play in that game on the seventh, and uh, my computer's taking forever to load here. Um, yeah, and that was against the Stars. They didn't play again until that Tuesday, uh, which was the tenth. December against 7th? the Bruins. No, no, January seventh. I was gonna say okay. December seventh Jan- was no game. January eighth would have been his thirty-day mark of being with the club. So they would yeah, have they, they, yeah. they would have played him on the seventh, and then right after the game announced that he had been sent to Chicago. They could have kept him down there for two days. Technically, down there, you know, he would have stayed probably with the team, not actually gone to Chicago. And then they could have called him back up for the game on the tenth. That uh, that's a that's an easy fix. You don't lose a player that way. Um, Raddy was for a different situation. I know a lot of people are complaining. How do you lose Raddy and Hunt? I think they intentionally lost Raddy personally. Uh, Hunt, I think completely avoidable and uh that's that's all on the gm for for not noticing that loophole in the uh in the ahl agreement that seems like a very a very basic uh loophole to be aware of because that that should that should be that happens all the time yeah i mean it's that's something as simple as setting a reminder on your phone 30 days in advance (laughs) you know (laughs) literally oh hey i called brad hunt up on the eighth well i better send him down right now that's that's all that was. That's a very easy uh, thing to do. Yeah, and I don't, and like like you're saying that you know Hunt isn't. I mean, if everyone's healthy and Hunt's not making this lineup, he's he's a, he's a security. He's a, a guy who can fill in uh, if need be for whatever reason, injury or or poor play or whatever. But uh, but yeah, to to lose him for nothing, it's just kind of odd. I, I, you'd, yeah. you'd like to ask that question. You, you know, Jeff, it'd be great if you were in the media to be able to ask <laughs> these it? questions, to ask these <laughs> questions to Armstrong or, or, or Hitch or probably Armstrong after, after a game, or get a special interview. 
and have him not answer the question. Well, uh, get uh, let's then go Blues be Radio banned. some media credentials. Yeah, it did be banned from the press box. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what would have happened. That's mm. ridiculous. Okay. Yep. Uh, but speaking of Ratty, um, he has been a healthy scratch the past three games in Carolina, which, you know, no, I guess not surprising. Yeah. Sad. I mean, the guy seemed, you know, to, to have potential early on, but he's he's not cut out to, uh, and I think, Jeff, this was your point uh, when we talked about uh, him getting claimed, you know, that – He's he's not an NHL caliber player. He'll you know probably tear it up in the AHL. Um, but that's gotta be long. frustrating for him. I mean, I, I know it's he's played a number of games in the NHL, and it's and he's I'm sure he's excited about that. And a lot of people would kill to have this that. But man, he's just he's just like he's a fringe guy, and he's just he just not. It doesn't seem like he's just cut to make the make the jump, just barely. So. Shame. Yeah, and I, we wish him the best. You know, I, I hope he comes out next season with another club and becomes a thirty goal scorer in the NHL. But um, it's just not in the cards. He again, the, the player that comes to mind every time I saw him skate was TJ Hensick. Yeah. Uh so the the road trip, the West Coast road trip, uh, with a what we had, I had the counter I switched it. Uh, with the loss in um, LA, five yeah. to one loss, the embarrassment. Yeah, shitting of the bed in LA. Yep. And uh, so we're like, oh great, here we go. The West Coast trip from hell, the one that we we're is gonna we can't we we suck on the road. Uh, we're playing a tough West Coast road trip. We get smoked in LA, and then and by the way, a club that cannot score, the LA right. Kings. Right. I mean, they are a team that. Grips well, the stick a little too tight. They play the Sutter system, cannot score goals, and they put up five on the Blues. Five goals on. Let's see, I'm putting up here. No, that's the wrong thing to have up. Yeah, that's. Um, while you're looking that up, the you know, fact, I'm, I'm going to look up how many goals, how many times they've scored five goals this season. Oh, I was going to yeah. look how many shots they had that night. Yeah, Kings had. I, uh, I think. I was just going to say, I think that game can be boiled down to the game-winning goal, the Trevor Lewis shot from the blue line. That there's no way that puck should go in at the NHL level. That that was just, you know, that potentially the ultimate undoing of Jake Allen. You know, I, again, I'm I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. You know, he's he's a new father, struggling with you know probably getting a, a quality night sleep over the last couple of weeks, but. That goal cannot go in. Uh, they had 28 shots in that game. The Kings did five goals, 28 shots. Uh, they were one for five on the power play. Yeah, we only had one giveaway that entire game. That's amazing. <laughs> that is not true at all, <laughs> whatsoever. One giveaway? Come on. It's like that's a let's have a little nerd talk here in NHL 17. There are multiple passes I pick off, multiple times I poke the puck from a player and go in a breakaway. Every game, it's like, you had two takeaways. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I had two in about five minutes. I think it's, I think it's the same in real life. Those, it's like, that stat never gets counted. No, it's correctly. never counted right. Neither does uh, hits. Hits is, is, is stupid, too. It's like, yeah. we, had, we had seven hits that game. What? Yeah. 
Looks like the Kings have scored two other times. They've scored five goals, and they were back-to-back. On uh, November 5th and November 8th, they won 5 nothing against the Flames and then 7 nothing over the Maple Leafs. And that's the only other times they've put up more than five, more than four goals in a game. So the Flames, with that was when the Flames were like super struggling too. Yeah, yeah, the defense was struggling. And and then um, I think the Maple Leafs were struggling pretty bad at that point too. I think Anderson, at that point, was giving up at least three or four goals a game. So, yeah, uh, that's let's just say it like this then: they've only scored five goals one time in 2017. Uh, so, and then we go into San Jose and I was on the, uh, the, uh, Pucknology podcast, the sharks, uh, sharks guys, uh, before the game on Saturday. And they said, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I was on the toast dispatch podcast and they had a guy from the sharks, one of the sharks uh, podcasts on. And, uh, I told him, I said, I, I, I fully expect the sharks to win that game. I have no reservations about the blues winning, uh, whatsoever. Um, I said, the blues do win. They will have to play a fantastic game, <laughs> uh, and I'll be pleasantly surprised, and I'll be damned. <laughs> they didn't play. Did you yeah. say if if the Blues win, it'll take Joe Thornton spearing a player? Because <laughs> that uh, would have been amazing. And the last time he was tossed from the game was David Perron. His hit on Perron. Yeah. No, I I had that that exact same thought process, and you know my uh, my cousin that lives out in San Jose that hosted me to for the uh, playoff game that I went to out there last year, you know, uh, we were texting before the game and I, you know, I was all set to preemptively text him. Congratulations on your win tonight. And uh, for whatever reason, I never sent it. And, you know, the next thing I know we've, we've got the lead and Thornton's <laughs> out of the game. Like what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up winning that game for nothing. So that's uh, that was a nice, nice surprise. <laughs> And then the game, uh, the next, the very next day, well, Hutton, you know, got the start, and then he played well, uh, obviously. And then against uh, Anaheim on Sunday, the overtime win against the Ducks uh, after giving up the late goal uh, to tie it up. Um, so yeah, the I mean, winning overtime on uh, on uh, uh, Berglund's goal, Patrick Berglund, the, uh, <laughs> the the leading Blues scorer for the past month of the season. Holy He's, cow! The guy's on fire right now. He is that, but no Carter Hutton's play, uh, you know, in those two games, you know, the, the only, you know, the only other game where he played really that well was uh, the early season game uh, against the Rangers. When I think he stole that one for us, you know, he, he, you know, there's, there's potential there. It's just, God, you know, what, what if, what if he played that way all the time instead of just, you know, every, yeah, he's been up and down quite a bit. So, and speaking of Dowd, <laughs> the game last night again. You know what? Uh, speaking of Hutton's play, though, the first I don't know the first two plus periods of this game, uh, I thought. I mean, Hutton gave a few goals in the first two periods. I thought he. Did you I skip thought he was playing the Anaheim game. Did we? We briefly mentioned it. Bergen's overtime goal. Where are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. <laughs> Berglund's just scoring every game. I forgot I what game we're talking about. <laughs> um, did you have something else you wanted to add about the Anaheim game? No, just uh, that I thought Hutton, again, played very well. I've, I've been his biggest critic this season, so I'll give him credit when credit's due. He uh, he played a very good game against Anaheim and, and San Jose, too. But 
as you alluded to, this next game was a little rough. Yeah, I, I, but I was going to say, I thought that, I mean, he gave a few goals up in the first two periods, but I thought he looked, I thought he looked good. I, I thought, I mean, the, I thought the, the goal that he uh, uh, kind of had half covered with a skate blade at the side of the net, I thought that was a, what do you guys think about that? The, the, I, I, I thought, okay, I understand why it wasn't blown dead, but I thought it easily could have been. Bill, you go first. You're the, you're the goalie expert here. I don't know. Um, and, and quite honestly, I it, pay that close attention to all the goals against. Um, he so had the, he had the, he had the, it was the side of the net. Puck was, wait, the, was this, was this the, the first goal or what was this the third one? This was the, uh, one to make it uh, three to one Hutton, uh, Hutton appeared to have the puck covered, uh, by the toe of a skate blade. And it was, it was like, it was, you could see the puck sticking out. His, he was down on his knees, uh, pad out to the side and the puck was under a skate blade and it was pinned. Uh, his skate blade had it pinned down. So his, his blade was, was pinning it against the ice and it was like that for a few seconds. And then Hutton let up. He like, he like raised his, his blocker up and kind of like, okay, the whistle's going to blow or whatever. And then it was just, it was just jammed. It was jammed uh, in by Bobby Ryan. And they, they they didn't you know they didn't blow it dead. And I thought, well, I I, I guess I understand because the official uh, probably maybe saw it, saw it laying there, didn't think it was covered. But I honestly thought that the blade was was on top of the puck. So technically, he had it frozen, had it covered. I, I think it was just, nine times out of ten, that is blown dead. And yeah. I think now you could always argue the you play until the whistle, something we hear in might hockey when we're four years old, but. I mean, I, I thought just watching the replays, I kept asking. I mean, now I know the goal was scored, so obviously the referee must have seen something that nobody else saw. But I see that play, and I'm just like, every replay I saw, that puck's covered. How is that not a whistle? I and thought it. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, I think Hutton kind of let up a little bit because he was just like, okay, I've got it pinned. I'm good. But I guess give Bobby Ryan credit for, for continuing because he knows the whistle wasn't blown. But – I'm, man, I'm sorry. I, I can't help but argue that that should have been a, a dead play. That that was yeah. you, you, I, nine his, times out of ten. That is that is blown every his, time. His pad moves. His pad moves, and and you could see that the skate blade drags the puck like an inch, so it moves with his skate blade. So his skate blade's got the puck pinned against the ice. It's not like it's just laying loose under his blade, not being pinned. It's 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 you know he's got it. Um it wasn't the most secure of, of, of coverings by any means. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it, sh- I thought it could have, should have been called dead. Um, but I guess based on what the, the referee was looking, he sees the puck, not under a pad. It's under a blade. It looks like it's loose. I, I understand maybe what wasn't blown dead, but it probably should have been. Yeah. And I know a lot of people complained about um, Jay Bomeister on that play, uh, not tying up Ryan stick, but I think it's the same thing. He had the same thought that, that Hutton did. He looked down, saw the puck was covered, and said, we're good. You know, we're fine. It's good. Play's going to die here. And, and again, it's it's that playing the whistle thing. But, man, I, I've – so I know I only play men's league. I play rec league hockey. That's blown dead in men's league hockey. You know, that's blown dead in, in every instance I see it. It's just – but, again, the goal scored, and it counted, and, and – I don't know. I mean, is that something I was going to ask you guys this question? 
Is that something you would consider goaltender interference? If you're the Blues, would you have challenged that? Did he did he move the pad at all? I mean, it looked like he did, but that might have just been Hutton reacting, trying to get the puck back. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's that's a good question. I didn't think about that at all. Well, they they didn't. Yeah. You know that they've got the eye in the sky, and they didn't challenge it. So obviously, the Blues felt they didn't have a, a winning chance there. But I almost think that's a fifty-fifty. You just gotta take your chances, and you know you still got your timeout left, so you still got your challenge. Give it a shot. You know, at that point, what was it? Make it three to two? Is that what it was? That was three to one. Three to one. So that's yeah, a so huge momentum swing. Got back to two to one. So, yeah. so no, I, I think at that point, I'm going to try to go back and, and uh, take a look at the uh, uh, at the goal. Um, it was like three seconds. He had, I mean, it was, you know, he had it for like, continue a, to talk. he had it for a good three seconds. I thought the uh, the one goal that I did have a problem with was the uh, the one where they scored right off the icing. Cody CC totally could have played the puck, and Shattenkirk. Um, I, I forget which goal this was. This might have been the go ahead goal, but Shattenkirk just totally lit into the linesman, and rightfully so. I you know, and I thought that that was just a, a god awful call. Yeah, uh, you know, to uh, to give them the icing on. You know, on something that you know, all CC has to do is reach out, you know, six inches, and he plays the puck. Just yeah, Shankar yeah. bitched pretty good about that. Yeah, I I think that you know, for 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 a league that is you know starving for offense, you know, they're all too quick to you know to call offsides you know and all too quick to review plays where it's offside and and i mean just let the game flow you know open open up the interpretation a little bit you know tell them you know don't be as as strict in in interpreting these these rules and you know if if all else fails well you know we can go back to uh uh, you know, to a video review, at least on the offsides place, but God drove me nuts to see that called icing. Um, but, you know, as, as far as the Bobby Ryan goal, I think, you know, after uh, Ottawa took the lead, the, the two to one goal, because it wasn't long thereafter that uh, Ryan scored. Um, I was probably in full on uh, fast forward mode. Um, usually, you know, when I'm watching the game on, uh, on delay, if, uh, if the blues give up a, a goal, and and I'm not in a great mood. I will just fast forward to see what happens next. And I I saw that they scored. Didn't bother watching what the uh, Ryan goal was. And um, because it's the NHL, um, I I can't watch the uh, the recap of uh, of the game because we're still within 48 hours of the game played last night. So you can see highlights. I, I, uh, it, I'm getting anything pulled up right now on their site, anyways. So I just tried screen sharing it. Did you see it? I saw it down in the thumbnail. I didn't uh, pull it up though. I'll start talking so you can watch it. I'll I'll, I'll share it uh, for everyone here. There you go. So now I want to present. You're presenting presenting everyone. So go ahead and share. Well, um, so (laughs) I just want to comment on, on what Bill was just talking about the, you know, the offsides and too quick to call things. That's because of, of the challenge. Because, because the NHL has implemented this 
horrendous challenge. And I'm sorry, I know a lot of people agree with it. And, you know, they want the call to be right, as they say. I think there is just, there's a room for human error, I think, with with the NHL and with hockey. Um, that's why you have four officials on the ice. They're going to miss calls. They're going to miss, you know, if a referee misses a high sticking call, you know, they don't, the other team is going to chance to say, Oh, we need to review that. that. That should be a two minute penalty. So why is it with the same with the lines? Why do you even have lines on the ice anymore? Like with the, and I, I hate coming back to this because I know it's, it was a huge argument point for NHL fans last year, but the offside against Chicago in the playoffs was it Yori Laterra yep. on that one, that little ticky tacky play that little bit misstep from him. And that, that erases an exciting goal that I believe tied the game up at the point. Right. Or did it give the blues the lead? Right. And it was, it, it had to have been what, at, at least 30 seconds later, if not a minute later. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying is is this league, as you said, is starved for goal for goals and for exciting plays, and they just want all this stuff on the highlights. Well, if you're doing that, why why are plays like that being taken away? Yet you're seeing like what Chris Latane did in the playoffs last year when he literally just pulled a, a Marty McSorley. In the face, I think it was was it Zabinajad he got in the face. I can't remember who it was, but those plays are allowed. But little itty bitty offsides that that uh, the linesman can't see from the naked eye, those aren't allowed. You're taking away an yeah, exciting that's... goal to be shown on highlight reels for weeks because of that. And it, it's, and it's terrible. And let's not forget that with. You know, it's up to the linesmen to review the play, and they're basically watching them on you know tiny little tablets. Why, you know, why when you have super high resolution things available, you know, you, you know, I I get wanting the linesmen to you know to be the ones to you know that ultimately have to make the call, but there's got to be a better technology. In, in the tablets. Yeah, I think with the offsides thing, and I said this last year after the game, and it may have come off as me being a homer, but uh, I, I I agree with you, Jeff, that, that it's a ticky tack, just fraction of an inch. Uh, you can't tell with the naked eye. With the reviews on on offsides calls, they should make it to where you get three reviews. The, the lines can look at it three times, or they get like thirty seconds. And if they can't conclude in that time, they, it took like it took like three or four minutes. They were looking at it. If they can't conclude in that amount of time, then they don't they don't get to that. Then the call in the ass stands. And, be, and I think in that case, if it's, it's gonna be obvious. And I think it's too, be like an offside that was missed by like you know a foot or two or three, where it's obvious it was offside. The one that cost Chicago a, a, an important goal in the Cup Finals that one time, the guy was way offside and they missed it. Um, something like that, okay. But something that's so close you can't tell. Nah, screw that. Yeah, and there was I was listening to um, an NHL radio show. I don't remember who what it was, but uh, it was last season, and and they said um, that I mean I can't remember exactly how we worded it. I, I wish I wouldn't have started talking before this uh, <laughs> before I started thinking this. But but no, they they even said that you know you're allowing you're you're wanting more goals. You're wanting more goals. That's all this NHL. We want you to expand the nets we need to do this we need to do that we need to cut down the goalies pads but we can't miss those little itty bitty offsides 
You just can't miss them. And I and I I've actually spoken to a uh, a coach in the um, one of the British leagues. Um, I know the nobody's here probably watches British hockey, but one of the things he said is that he hopes his league never implements that because they uh, you might as well just not have linesmen play go offside and then just review every goal and say oh well, that, that one was offside so we better take that goal back it's uh it almost makes it almost extreme but it's it almost terrible it almost gives the incentive to the alignsman not to call offside right because oh and, i don't i don't want to call offside because if it is offside i, I don't want to i don't want if i'm wrong i don't want to prevent a goal here that could have been scored and if it is offside eh, they can review it and it'll be it'll look at the right call the call right there was a play, I think it was the Capitals and Penguins uh, a couple nights ago. I think it was Tuesday, Monday maybe, that game. A crazy 7-6-1 or 8-7-1. Yeah, 8-7. There was a play where I think it was Ovechkin was carried it in and Backstrom drug his foot. And they didn't call it out much in the in the broadcast. But it was not offside. It was clearly not offside. But the referee blew his whistle and said that it was offside. And I and they argued it. You know, Backstrom instantly threw his arms up. And we're like, you know, are you kidding me? And I think it's because of this challenge of these rules. These linesmen are, are it kind, of, kind of what you said, but to the opposite. I think either you got the linesmen are just saying, I'm just not going to call it and we'll see what happens. Or you've got the linesmen are saying, oh, I don't want to be caught on missing this offside, so I better just blow the whistle and say it was offside. Because – no one's going to challenge you. You can't challenge if it is offside already. So I, I think you're getting both ways, and it's, it's. I think it's dismantling the game a little bit. So, and, and I think that in that to that point that you're getting it both ways. If if we're going to have this stupid rule of video replay for millimeters offside, then tell the linesman don't be so quick to call offsides. We want flow to the game. If somebody's pissed off, they'll challenge it and and let the game flow. I, I think that's the way that you have to err. Uh, but it you know it, it seems like you, you've like you said you've got it going both ways, and I think that's the worst case scenario for this league. And it it draws into one of my biggest problems with the NFL. You'll see a spectacular play, an unbelievable throw, an unbelievable catch, and it's just like, whoa. I mean, even if you're not a fan of the team, you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just saw that. But then, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He might not have had control of the ball. Even though it was tucked in his arm the whole time, somehow it it bounced just a little bit. So, no, 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 that wasn't a catch. I think that's what we're getting to in the NHL, and and I hate that. I hate that so much because – it takes away that excitement when, and there's been times lately where the Blues will skate in on a play, and to me, it's like, oh wow, that play was offside. So that whole time the Blues are in the offensive zone, I'm thinking, I kind of hope they don't score because if they score, I'm going right. to get pissed off because they're going to challenge it that was offside ten minutes ago. I agree. I, I think the same way. Yeah, and you know, and to uh, you know, bring this uh, discussion to a point, you know, that the Blues benefited from from a video replay in um, San Jose. It was confirmed it was a good goal when San Jose challenged that it was offside. 
So wasted everybody's time. Yep. So anyway, that that was the goal that made it three to one uh, from Bobby Ryan. And uh, real quick though, I want to jump back. Uh, do you remember the first goal? Get a chance to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Wait, well, Ottawa's first goal. Ottawa's first goal. Uh, first goal of the game. Yeah, oh, it was a uh, JG Pajot. Yeah, I'm trying to remember a, the goal. Uh, the puck, the puck. Um, it was in the crease. I don't remember how it got there. I think it was a rebound, and he just skated in from the side and just yeah. kind of close, kind of similar to the Ryan goal. Just chipped at the puck in the crease, and it just right. found its way through Hutton. Right. Uh, again, I'm not here to, to completely bash Hutton. I think he's played well enough the last couple games, but I think that's one he had to have too. I think that was uh, it. Pucks in the crease, either a defenseman. Needs to get a stick on it and get it out of there, or Hutton needs to jump right on that puck and not let anything happen to it. So that's, I guess I'll give it a mix of both. Uh, cause I think there was a defenseman that I remember who it was, but uh, that's a that's 50% defense, 50% goaltending. That that goal just can't happen. Was it Bowmeister? I think I, might, I didn't want to say that because I've already <laughs> jumped think, on the guy, but I'm pretty I, sure it was. I thought actually. it was him, yeah. So, uh, okay, well, then Stasny ties it up at one. Uh, nice deflection in front uh, from the point. Uh, then uh, Mike Hoffman gets the Ottawa Senators back up two to one. We talked about the the uh, three to one goal from uh, Bobby Ryan. And then a Shattenkirk's knuckle puck from the point. That was kind of funny. Uh, it con- was con- a clear path to the puck. There was nobody in the way and kind of just missed it. Uh, it dipped pretty good. It looked like it was deflected, but it didn't hit anything. Yeah, yeah. That, that was going into that. That was the last minute of the second period, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I was big. thinking, you know, as the, as the Blues were pressuring, I'm like, their only shot in this game is if they get one before the end of this period, and then that happens. And yeah, I mean, kind of kind of a fluky goal. Um, you know, if you're kind of you, you know you don't expect it to to move that way, um, but timely goal and uh, got the Blues some momentum. They tie it up in the beginning of the third. Yeah, and I, I thought and when, when Shattenkirk scored from the point, I thought, oh, we're going to tie this game. I mean, we got a, uh, a power yeah. play going into the third period. We're, we're – uh, didn't we? Power play, I thought, going into the third. Uh, I think so. Well, Steens was a power play goal, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah Right after the, uh, it was four on three, Steen yep. yep. and uh, uh, whoever, Broussard, I think it was, came out of the box. And, yeah, he's, uh, that's right. Yeah. He scored uh, right as he came out of the box. Yeah, yep. so it was, it was a five on four, but yeah, yeah, power play goal nonetheless. Yeah, Shattenkirk gave him a nice pass, uh, and Steen yeah. uh, corralled it and waited and then uh, put it under his arm. That's a great shot. Yeah, it was. Um, so I thought, oh, fantastic. Uh, a late goal in the second, early goal in the third. Uh, just after the power play expired. And uh, so, fantastic. We're, we're rolling. And then exactly one minute later, uh, Mark Stone scores. Uh, and a, uh, this, just this is unforgivable giveaway by Jaden Schwartz. Well, it, it was a number of giveaways. It was a, They could have cleared the zone like three times. And they had the, the – I, I forgot who it was – had the puck on their stick skating out towards the blue line. And instead of passing out of the zone – Right. They made a little five foot pass that didn't connect. It was, it was uh, I think that was uh, either Steen or Stasny. Yeah. And, and, they made a, 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 and a, a tricky little, uh, cute little pass. 
instead of yep. carrying it out or, or moving the puck substantially and it, and it didn't hit a skate or something it came back in the zone and and they could have cleared it again later and they didn't and Schwartz had it and fell down over fell, fell over the over the the face off circle edge or something it was just oh, a, such a, a frustrating yeah. goal to give up yeah and as soon as he gave it up i'm like oh this is going in the net and it yeah. i mean yep Two seconds later, Stone steps to the circle and you know takes a, a wrist shot, beats Hutton. And, and uh, none of that, none of that was the Blues' uh, defense. Really, that was all the the forwards uh, uh, screwing the pooch there. Oh, Steen, Steen, he uh, before he fell with it, uh, didn't he hit the skate of a guy too? I think it was um, yeah. yeah, Stone. Yeah, be- he, before he had it right before, hit it off a skate, got it back, and then just fell and like you said unforgivable you cannot if if john tortorella is co- coaching the blues Jaden schwartz doesn't see another second of ice time right and, <laughs> and uh the one the one thing i tweeted out after that is i think it, it wasn't long after that that they pointed out that robbie fabry had uh at that point uh almost no ice time in the third period and it's like so so what's the lesson we're we're teaching here um be older you know yeah be be older <laughs> and yeah just absolutely ridiculous that uh fabry's benched and and schwartz uh you know isn't going to get his playing time reduced on a turnover like that and mike hoffman scores to make it five to three on and, a laser of a shot from behind yeah, the i'll tell you the one thing that really impressed me about ottawa's game is how how they they move the puck around no matter what they are not going to hold the puck and look for, you know, a, a cutesy pass. They are whipping the puck around. And when Hoffman got the puck on his stick in the slot, I mean, it was an absolute laser. Reminded me of Adam Graves in game seven, uh, 1994, uh, when he beat Kirk McLean. Got the puck, high slot. Puck's not on his stick for a second. It's gone. If you if you watch the replay of that goal, he, he didn't even wind up. It was a little... Yeah. Little short, little cocked uh, a snapshot, and it was just a bullet. You said I call cock. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Mike Hoffman cold cocked a shot. Uh, I will say thank you, Mike Hoffman. You really helped my fantasy team out that night. Ah, uh, screw you. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, not looking for silver linings here. No, you're right. Sorry, Ottawa. You know, Stone gets his uh, second of the game with an empty net goal. Uh, with about a minute and 13 to go. And then Berglund scores again uh, with less than a minute to go in the game, but too little too late. Uh, so I, this, this game, it, it was very strange because, I mean, this game, end of the second period, start of the third, they tie it up. You're like, we got this game. I mean, we're rolling. Uh, this we're, We just came back from two goals, got the momentum, looking good. Now that then the wheels fell off the cart in a hurry. Sloppy play. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if, if anybody tried to chalk it up to, well, you always aren't sharp on your first game after a road trip. I hate oh, that. Oh, yeah. I had somebody say that. I hate yeah. that. Excuse that, me. You're a professional that, hockey team. Jeez. Yeah. That you have all the momentum in the world coming back from two games you should not have won in San Jose and Anaheim. And you come home to the Senators, and you know the Senators are a much different team this year under uh, Guy Boucher uh, than the, the Bond villain. Year. 
<laughs> I like the, the analogy of the Bond. He's a Bond villain. He yeah, he, he does. He does. Uh, but, but yeah, there's there's no reason why the Blues should have, should give up six goals to Ottawa. Uh, yeah, the, disgusting. The uh, shot, you know, the shots, the faceoff percentage, uh, uh, the power plays, the penalties and minutes, block shots were all about even. Uh, but the Senators out hit the Blues thirty to eighteen, uh, which again we talked about the status kind of useless. But uh, the Blues had seven giveaways compared to the Senators' three giveaways the entire game. Uh, is it? Can, can, am I allowed to mention silver linings yet? Can we Go talk ahead. about silver linings? The the movie. Yes, playbook? Um, playbook? I was gonna say, uh, pretty cool to see Chris Weidman out there. Yeah, uh, good player, St. Louis boy, uh, loves St. Louis, and um, you know, congrats to him. He's he looks like a, a heck of a hockey player out there. Um, I guess he's playing what top four minutes for them right now, right? Yep, he looks pretty good. It's good for him. You Chris, know, I know you're listening. <laughs> Uh, Bill did mention with our road record being as awful as it is and to go into San Jose and Anaheim the previous two games and getting wins, then coming home and losing this game where you have played uh, uh, good hockey the past two games is frustrating. Uh, getting points on the road that you didn't think you were going to get and then to lose those points at home you expect to get. Um, and it's not just the fact that we lost, it's kind of the way we lost that last game. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and again, you know that that's you know when you're you're looking at the the block of the schedule right now, that's you you expect to get at least a point out of that game last night. Tomorrow night again, you've got the hottest team in hockey coming in here, and how many? How much? Does, I... What what is the scenario by which the Blues win tomorrow night? I mean, is it uh, Alexander Ovechkin? And... I, I think we have to we have to score we have to score five goals tomorrow night. And I think, and and I, I what the over I, I want to say the over under on Ovechkin's goals is two and a half in the game because he lights us up. The star well the stars are scoring right now. I mean stars is in star players when they're playing right. the Blues. The top yeah. the top defensive pairing the the I, I don't you know I don't want to blame Petrangelo and Bowmeister really I think a lot of it's just the lack of a true number one solid uh defensive center not talking about a scoring center um i think with the the way that we're seeing superstar players score against the blues and not even superstar just top line players scoring against the blues i think it's really showing the hole that david back has left in this team and and yeah i think i think you're going to see ovechkin get plenty of chances tomorrow night because of reasons like that well he's led us up in the past so he has yeah, I, 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 he, I'm thinking he's getting two. I'm thinking he's getting two goals. How many goals are TJ Oshie? Seventeen. Oh, I'm gonna say no goals, three assists. <laughs> I'll admit yeah, if he scores it's... one goal, I'll be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't see any, any scenario by which the Blues come out tomorrow night. But then again, that's what I thought. Uh, you know, going into San Jose, I, yep. I didn't see any way we could win that game. We found a way to do it. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they'll surprise us, but ah, goddamn, that, that, that was the have no confidence. The seventh game in a row. Last game was the the Blues gave up the, the seventh home game in a row. The Blues have given up the first goal of the game, That's or so bad. I read. That's pretty bad. Yeah, when you have a good, when you have a good home record, you're always playing catch up right away. Um, we talked about some trade rumors. Um. 
Would you would you uh, want Mark Andre Fleury? Because mm -hmm. they will, they may want to move him. No, I I like Flurry, but I don't know. I I just if the Blues are going to get another guy, I want it to be like a. Hopefully, I don't get cast aside for this by Blues fans. I want it to be another Brian Elliott. I want it to be a guy they can groom for a, or they can have in place for a couple of years. I think Flurry would come here and expect to be here. I mean, how old is he? 31? Uh, is, is that young? I thought he'd be older than that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, he seems like he's been around forever, but maybe he started playing when he was like 18, 19. I think he started playing when he was like 18. Okay. That's probably yeah. why. Uh, he is 32. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think, I think he would probably. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as far as Flair goes, he's he's really been the quintessential confidence goalie over his career. And you come yeah. to a team that defensively has not inspired confidence. I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I want to. I'd want to see someone brought in for a short term. Um, in short term, is in just a year or two, and I think Flurry would expect to sign a longer contract. Now his contract's up in two years. Not not this summer, but next summer, right? Let me see. I'm asking a lot of questions that nobody knows. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can look it up here. Um, uh, I would say, if, he, and I hate I hate being that guy because I get so mad at Blues fans. He signed and, through. He signed through eighteen nineteen. Okay. Um, I hate Blues fans that that you know they kept pining away for Chris Stewart. They kept pining away for bringing back someone like Jay McClement. Um, who was the other one? There was always one other guy that. Blues fans were always wanting to get Nagy. Nagy. <laughs> Nagy. They did. It was Perron. It was Perron. There was a lot of Blues fans always no. talking about bringing back David really? Perron. Yeah, no. like two years ago. What for? I <laughs> he asked wasn't Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> um, but they uh, want, Blues, Blues fans wanted Nagy back when he was playing well in uh, in Phoenix. Yeah, but I, I honestly, the guy that fits for me, as crazy as it sounds, would be Ben Bishop. I'd love to get him back for just a year or two, and then until Billy Huso's ready. Yeah, would I would I seeing Ben Bishop here? It would be, be awesome, but uh, yeah, but then no, I, and I will say it's that like you know, was that the right decision? Because ultimately, it, the decision was Jake Allen over Ben Bishop. Oh, know, four four or five years ago. And <laughs> now at this point, you know, Doug Armstrong would have to swallow his pride and say, "Yeah, I was wrong." Um, I will, that is one thing I will back Doug Armstrong up on for the rest of my life is I think he did make the right decision at the time. Ben Bishop couldn't even cut it in Peoria. He looked awful. I went and saw him play a couple times. And then from other people I've talked to that live in the Peoria area, he was awful. And Jake Allen looked good. He looked okay. He looked better. And then when Brian Elliott was brought in, who solidified the number two spot in St. Louis. They had to move one of them. And at the time, Jake Allen looked like the better goalie. So I, I have no problems with what they did before. But I would say now, obviously, Ben Bishop would be the right decision. Would you want Brian Elliott back for if they were to take Hutton in a, in a third-round pick? <laughs> 
NHL <laughs> <laughs> <is> 17. <laughs> auto, auto GMs turned off. Um, I don't want to answer that. Don't we, Bill answer that. <laughs> um, in a heartbeat, yes, but never going to happen. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, that was proposed by uh, a writer of the Hockey News. I don't know if you saw that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> The the hockey. Oh, is that the that's the yeah. link you put in there? Yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah. yeah. I shared the link in the in the notes. Uh, Matt Larkin's oh, article. No joke. The Blues should trade for Brian Elliott. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Posted today, so it's a new article. And he gives reasons. Uh-huh. I mean, you know. How I mean, but, how? Uh, what was the last time something like that happened? Oh, that would be nuts. That'd be insane. I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when when was the last time a GM had enough, you know, uh, 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 humbleness in him to admit I fucked up? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can get, you know, if you get Elliot back for less than what you give up for him, then you're as a system as a whole, you're slightly better. I mean, you know, but uh, that's that's ticky tack stuff. Man, I'm I gotta read this later. <laughs> oh man. Um, what if? Uh, okay, how about how about this one? Well, we're throwing trade rumors out there. Let's do it. Brian Elliott and a second round pick for Jake Allen. Do you what? do it? Oh. Um, oh. Uh, uh, cool. That's... That's that's really so so close to the 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 decision that that was made. It's like you're you're giving Armstrong the choice to undo what he did. <laughs> and, uh, I'd take it. I'd take it at Ooh. this point. At this point, I I am just I'm not sold on Jake Allen. I don't know that I ever will be. Um, this. And, is- I don't. I don't like. I mean, I mean, as as down as I am on Allen right now for his inconsistent play and how he's looked, I don't want to give up on the guy either. I want to. I want to keep him around. Um, as illogical as that may sound, um, I if Elliot wants to sign here, oh god, damn it! <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to do it. That sounds bad. That sounds because I'm a huge Elliot guy. I, I would not do it unless unless we're gonna unless we're gonna get Bishop here too. I I do it for the simple fact that my Brian Elliott jersey showed up the last the day before the last game last year. Yeah, well, I can do you one better. Mine showed up the day after the draft. Oh. Uh, yeah, mine showed up on the second day of the draft, which was the day after he was traded. Oh. Uh, uh. You know what? I change. I changed my mind. I would do it. I would do it. I, I just. I, yeah. I. What the hell? Why you know. Not? And and you know. I will say. I. I. I'm a. I. I'm not a believer in Jake. I'm a fan of Jake. Um, you know, good guy. Wish him well. Obviously, the blue starter. I. I want him to do well. But I have said since before he was a, a blue and he was a river man. Not even a river man. Well, probably river man. He's a one B, not a one. So if you could get get back a guy who could be a one A, and then have Hutton, or if you want to try one of the younger guys and 
and Copley or, or Bennington or um, get Huso over here next year, I'm all for it. I would do that. Like I said, I think the Blues just need a guy for a year or two until Huso's ready. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in Huso. So, yeah, Elliot would have been the guy. That's why I was so upset when that trade happened because I'm like, you only need him for one or two more years, which is probably what he has left. And then you got Huso, who could easily be better than Jake Allen, which I think he is. But what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not even like, a media member. Yeah, it seems anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, it seems like Armstrong's been, you know, uh, all in on Jake Allen from the get-go, and you know, he, for for a guy that that has, you know, made some bad decisions on the goaltending front, uh, maybe this is just another one. I I. Love it if Jake could prove us wrong and, you know, like like you said, turn the corner and just go on an amazing run here, uh, you know, when, when the games are really starting to count. I just don't have any confidence in him right now. You know, a lot of people on uh, Twitter and social media were, the po- question was posed, do you want Elliot back? And uh, a lot of people, no, no, no. And they're looking at his numbers this year and uh, how you know, he had a bad start. And I'm thinking, you know what? And nobody's asking you what it would take to get him. So if you were to say, if you could trade Laterra for Elliot. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, would they still say no, 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 no? Hell no, they wouldn't. So and no one's saying that they don't want him back it for, you know, something that would benefit the team. But <laughs> Laterra I mean, I, for Elliot. I, I'm not thinking one that that's ever going to happen and two that it even should <laughs> but i mean i i was upset with the trade i still am i still don't like that trade i think in this system brian elliott is a fantastic goalie calgary system now it's gotten better but probably not here he was more than serviceable i said at the time i said that that i would rather keep elliott this season and lose him for nothing than trade him for what we got for him yep uh, I, I i thought he was worth way more to this organization uh here for the season at the very least um and losing him for nothing because it worked what him him and alan here worked or you know with with uh elliot as a 1a yeah yeah i mean I, that was the point i was making earlier why why do you not just tell Elliot, yeah, you're you're number one, and well, they um, wouldn't do that. I, I mean, unless unless Elliot said one of us has to go, and I don't see Brian Elliot doing that. I mean, I I don't know the guy personally, but it, it didn't seem like he was that egotistical. Um, I, it just it was another wrong goaltending decision. Uh, yeah, at, I, at this point, I just think it was too soon. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, I mean, I didn't think Allen was ready. Allen didn't look ready. Nobody, I don't think anybody thought Allen was had looked ready. Some people were wanting to say, okay, it's his time. Let's let him let him have his chance and as number one, uh, and hope he can correct the things he needs to correct uh, soon. Uh, I thought that was kind of, a, like you said, Jeff, a, a gamble, a risk, something unnecessary. Um, you, you've got a whole other year. He can back up Elliot. Um, and and learn and get better and improve as a backup, 
get 30 games in, whatever, and then go from there. Make your decision next off you know, this coming off season, whether Jake's the guy or if to bring somebody else in or re-sign Elliot or whatever. I, 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 it's like it's like the Latera thing. It just made the move way too soon. Why, why would you? I don't. You, I didn't. You jumped the well, gun the, for the, no reason. The thing that really baffles me. It, it, I mean, obviously that trade is. I still hate it, but to turn around and sign him to a four-year contract and pay him four point three five per year. Now, yeah, you're probably going to have to pay him that, but why four years? The dude has not been an NHL starter yet. You give him a one-year deal, and you say, hey, prove to us that we need to sign you long-term. Sign him one year, fine. Same cap hit, that's fine, 4.35, whatever. But you're looking at paying this guy next year when he has clearly proven, to this point at least, that he's not an NHL starter. So even if you decide to still roll with him next year, you're paying one of the league's worst starters $4.35 million. That's that's way more than a, a lot of of quality starters in the NHL. Maybe not way more, but it's more. Which is why probably that uh, your proposal to Calgary, Allen, uh, Elliot, and a second rounder for Allen wouldn't happen. Yeah, the salary. Just an, again, I mean, I, I hate to to keep beating the same dead horse here, but just another awful contract handed out by the Blues GM. There are, there are three that stand out. The Al- Allen, Laterra, and... Uh, now, I will say, I think Allen's has the best chance to show upside. I think there's still a chance that Allen's going to turn around and within three years we'll say, whoa, man, I'm, we're glad he signed him to that much because he's going to warrant much more in his next contract. That's still completely possible with Allen. The other two, not so much. That's definitely yeah. not going to happen. Well, I said that with with, with Allen too. I, I was I was comparing him to Carey, not comparing to Carey Price, but as far as like, because Carey Price wasn't, you know, he was booed for his first, early on in Montreal. Yeah. Um, it took him a few years to get going, and uh, but he's, I mean, fantastic now. Um, so he wasn't, he wasn't, world. yeah, he wasn't lights out right out of the gate either. So I've always said that too about Allen. You know, it, it's I just, I mean, I'm not against Allen long term. I'm just, I didn't, I the move to give him the number one job and go with it was just, I think it was too soon. It's just, it's another one in the, the long line of, of Armstrong too much, too soon. Um, you know, you look at the, the, um, uh, Latera contract is, is obviously the biggest one that comes to mind. You saw him for one season. You saw him have really, really that first season was one fantastic opening of the season. And then a mediocre second half, and then he signs him to an insane contract uh, to pay the guy to basically be a top six player, which he's not. Um, you know, and then I think there's been a couple other examples. I don't want to ruffle any feathers with fans, but <clears throat> personally, the uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Schwartz contract either. Um, I don't think he's enough of a point scorer to warrant that kind of money yet, at least. And again... His cap hit, I'm willing to pay him that for this year and next year maybe. But what was it, a five-year deal, six-year deal? Yeah, he's got uh, – four. Uh, Schwartz has got – this is the first year of the contract, right? He's got five so. Yeah, five, five years, Yeah, 5.35 cap hit. That's just – that's huge for a guy who plays on the top line and, and he's yet to score even close to 60 points, correct? 
I mean, I, again, maybe I'm being harsh, but I just feel like that's a guy you look at him and say, okay, we gave you that bridge contract. We're going to give you another three year, another, you know, two year. And, you know, we're going to pay you about $5 million. maybe even what he's making now. But he, he had and, and then obviously that runs the risk of in five years, him becoming a free agent and then warning $8 million a year. Maybe that happens, but you don't know. And, and I just feel like the Blues are just, they shell out these contracts to these guys and it just keeps adding up. There's one extra million to a player. There's 500000 extra to a player that doesn't deserve it. And it just adds up on all these players to where you're in cap hell. The, in 2014, he put up 56 points. In 2015, he put 63. Okay, I was and, wrong there. And last year, uh, 22, but he was hurt, played 33 games. And this year, he's got 25 points in 41 games. So he's on pace for uh, like 50 points. Yeah. And, okay, so I was wrong about the 60 points, but I still feel like he's not putting up the numbers that – now I know he's a heart and soul guy, but – I don't know. I, I just think that there's way too much money being handed out to some of these guys that that uh, you know uh, should have proven a little more before getting that money. I that's hard to argue. I can't I can't argue that too much. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that, that Doug Armstrong is you know perhaps the one NHL GM that most desperately needs a capologist to keep him in check. And that's something the Blues just can't afford. Yeah. Let's check Twitter here. Any more Twitter tweets? Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, we should absolutely pay to keep Shaddy. We gave him... Uh, this is from Tasha R. We should absolutely pay to keep Shaddy. We gave him an A. He does more good for this team than any potential trade. That's a bold statement. Any potential trade. Uh, Sean, Sean, uh, Sean, the blue note backers uh, replied, not that you asked me, but I disagree depending on the return. So, yeah, I mean, if they can get a number one center, I don't think anyone complains about that contract or about that trade, but I see your point. I mean, he does drive the offense a lot and it would be tough to, to lose a guy like that. But at the same time, if you can gain a dynamic forward that can, do the same stuff Shankirk does, but puts up the points that a forward should. Again, I, I don't think anyone complains about that trade. Tasha R just tweeted, let me rephrase then. Based on what I think we would get for him, not worth it, period. Okay. okay. I see your point. Yep. That's fair. Um, yeah. So the uh, I'll mention it again. The Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill is opening tomorrow. Anybody that we had two or three people that won the mugs, uh, Tom said to go ahead and they can come on by and pick them up. So if you want a mug, go get it. If you want a mug in one of the contests we had, so which we need to start doing that again. The trivia. Yes, we do. Next week. Well, trivia will return next week. And what about... uh Blue's social media fails. I know, right? We gotta. We've we've, we've failed at, uh, at doing our that. our segments are going by the wayside. I know. We gotta. We gotta. To be honest, and maybe this this is a total cop out. It's really hard to to build a show like that when the Blues are just playing so poorly. <laughs> yeah. You just don't Not feel motivated. Right? <laughs> how, much, 
how much time of our lives, how much other time of our lives do we want to dedicate to this? <laughs> Although, right. you know what? You know what, though? It is a lot easier to find ridiculous stuff on social media when they're playing poorly. That is true. Yeah. yeah. It is quite funny. Quite funnier. More funnier. More funniest. It's funniest. <sighs> right. <laughs> Funnierest. All right. Uh, I think uh, that might about do it, unless I missed something, guys. Anything else you want to talk about? Nothing I can think of. I, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, listeners can find you guys online. Uh, at uh, Bill is at Billy Blue Notes. Jeff Ponder is at jponder94. I uh, am at Kurt Price. And the show is at LGB Radio on Twitter. So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out, uh, like I said, the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill uh, tomorrow when they open, 3 p.m. Um, so for Bill Day, Jeff Ponder, uh, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well... There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.